Hello, and welcome to Elder Health Connection, a podcast where I gather innovators in elder health care to discuss their unique perspectives on caregiving and care receiving. My name is Caroline Morris, and I use my combined experience in biochemistry, physical therapy, health coaching, and growing up next door to my grandparents to dig deep into the complexities of aging and then draw out practical solutions that can fit into your life. I record this show from my home in Alexandria, Virginia, sometimes with the input from my dogs, Vinny and Barry. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome back to Elder Health Connection for episode 19, where we are discussing new beginnings and more specifically, how to master your new beginnings. So I thought this was the perfect time to talk about this subject as we are airing this episode right after the first day of spring. So it's airing on March 21st, 2022. And this year, the first day of spring is March 20th. It's also the spring equinox. So we're more perfectly balanced between light and dark in our days. And it's also a Monday today when I air the podcast. So we are well equipped to be talking about beginnings. Now, I think it's important to realize that new beginnings often follow endings or come about because of endings. And some song lyrics that have been stuck in my head for probably a month now come from the 1998 song Closing Time by Semi Sonic. And there's a line in there that says, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. And sometimes we're happy to see the end of the old beginning, sometimes we're not. Um, And sometimes we have to be willing to end something to start new. And there can be a lot of grief with this. So if you want to learn more about endings and grief, I would encourage you to listen to the previous episode, number 18 on grief that I did just before this one, because you may need to process and work through some grief related to circumstances, related to people you may have lost, abilities, situations. You may need to grieve your past self in order to transform into your new self for this new beginning you may be embarking on. So again, you can listen to episode 18 for more information on grief. And in order to really make the most of your new beginnings, it's helpful to have a vision of what you would like your life and yourself to look like now that you are starting something new. If you would like a little structure in this, you can head to carolinemorris.com slash vision. And I have a free recording of a visioning exercise that you can do to help you understand what you really want out of your life and what you want out of this season of life in particular. But visioning in general needs to be very best case scenario oriented, 
dream driven, kind of removing some of the preconceived boundaries we may have for ourselves and very imaginative. So I find it helpful to be guided through that process. Um, like I do in that recording for you. And then once you have your vision in place, what can be very helpful is to write down and take note of what feelings are underlying the outcomes in your vision or what emotions are being brought up. So let's say in your vision, you are at the beach, you have a beach house, and it's a beautiful scene and something very fun to you. Well, the underlying feeling might be something of ease, of flowing through life, of not being rushed, of connecting with nature, being together with family. So trying to distill the emotions from that can help you to structure your new beginning, even if buying a beach house isn't realistic right now and this idea of connecting to the emotions is spelled out really nicely in danielle laporte's book the desire map she also has a lot of work around this on her website and some of her other programs but the idea is to not set your goals on the specific achievements or tangible items to not have a goal to buy a beach house, but instead to have a goal around feeling more ease in your life or to have a goal to feel connected to your family or to to have a goal to feel relaxed. And this practice of determining what she calls your core desired feeling, you can implement either on a daily basis, a weekly basis, or whatever frequency you decide. It's something I do with my husband every week as we're doing our household planning. We decide what we would like to feel like for the week ahead, and it helps to to structure our week and give us some guidance and clarity. So now that we have our feelings that we want to underlie our new beginning, we can start thinking about setting goals for ourselves to achieve those feelings. Now, the probably the standard way of setting goals is using the SMART framework, which is an acronym. It stands for specific measurable, attainable or achievable, relevant or realistic, and time-based. And this is a goal framework that we use every day in the practice of physical therapy. It's something I've been teaching my students this semester, and it's a very useful framework for being very clear about whether goals are met or not met and giving us very specific data. So an example of a SMART goal from a physical therapy perspective would be patient will complete a sit to stand from an 18 inch chair without using the armrests within four weeks. So it's very specific. We can measure it the patient stand up or not? Is it attainable? We'll assume for the sake of this example that that would be something attainable and relevant for the patient who is maybe having trouble getting up out of a chair and we've set a timeline to it. 
So if you're looking for a lot of structure and ability to track progress, the SMART goal framework is quite useful for that. More recently, I've learned an alternate framework to setting goals. And in response to the SMART goal, it's called the dumb goal framework. And this was developed by Brendan Bouchard. And I'll link his video describing it in the show notes. And the premise of dumb goals is that they are more expansive than SMART goals. So dumb stands for dream-driven, uplifting, method-based, and behavior-driven. And the reason he created this is when we think about true transformation of ourselves, of others, of what we want to contribute to the world, a SMART goal isn't very adequate for that. And a lot of that is because these transformations are not realistic based on our past experiences. They might not seem attainable. We might not have a good sense of what a timeline is for it. It can be hard to be specific with setting these big, big goals for ourselves. And so the dumb framework is one that I like to use when I'm thinking about these big picture goals and very lofty goals that I have for myself. I have a blog post and worksheet about this on my website as well that I will link to in the show notes and you can feel free to download so you can follow along. So getting into dumb goals a little bit deeper, the first part, the dream-driven D aspect of the dumb goal is very similar to the visioning exercise that I described before. So this is where we want to think really big, expansive, best case scenario, what is your life's mission? How do you want people to talk about you? How do you want to be remembered? Really big dreams. How do you want to make other people feel as big as, as you can think? The you, the uplifting aspect, is very similar to the emotions we pull out of the vision. So what are the uplifting qualities of your dream? What positive emotions are related to it. The M, the method-based, has to do with what are you actually going to do to achieve this goal. And since these goals are so big, it might not be very clear. There may not be a protocol to follow. But what practices can you put into place? What methods can you put into place to help you achieve this dream of yours. And the behavior-driven piece is how can you actually get yourself to do it, which is always the big question for me and for a lot of us is implementing the plan. So it has to do with looking for cues, behavioral cues, to get you to implement your methods or practices to achieve your goals. So when I was looking back over this blog post I wrote, about a little over a year ago, I came across one of my big goals that I had not <laughs> returned to in a while, and that was to transform health, my own health and others, through simple, natural, heart-centered, and connected practices. So that was my dream, and the uplifting qualities with it were radiance, vibrancy, joy, 
I would probably also add contribution, connection, love, just feeling really warm and content. And so one method for transforming my health would be hydration. So drinking enough water throughout the day. And the cue for that would be entering the kitchen in the morning. It's something I do every single day after I get out of bed and come downstairs. And then the behavior following that cue is drinking 12 to 16 ounces of water before I put anything else into my body. So there's a very specific behavior to support the practice of hydration with the ultimate goal of transforming my health. So a second method for transforming my health could be mindfulness. So the practice of staying in the present moment, paying attention, being very on purpose. So a cue I can use for that is walking the dog at night. That's something I do every night before going to bed. And then the behavior would be just to look up into the night sky and find the moon and the stars and just behold the beauty of the night sky and the universe. So it brings me back to the present moment, no matter what thoughts are going through my head. A third method to support my dream of transforming health is to move my body more throughout the day. So not to be sedentary. And one of the cues I have for that is that my watch, my Garmin watch, will vibrate and give me a move alert if I've been sitting too long throughout the day. And then the behavior that follows that is to walk until that move alert is cleared. Now I have to admit to you, this is the one that I've not kept up with of the three as well, because I've gotten very good at ignoring that move alerts. So sometimes we need to be a little bit realistic with ourselves and know how we can effectively trick ourselves or not into doing these behaviors. But it is something I will work on re reinstating this behavior because I have found the more I move throughout the day and the shorter the periods of time that I'm sitting are, the better I feel. So similar to my ignoring of my watch alert, it can be helpful to anticipate obstacles to carrying out the practices that are needed to work towards our goals, our dreams, our vision, our new beginning. And it's, I think, even more fitting that we focus on the obstacles within ourselves. So me ignoring an alert would be an obstacle within myself. It's not something external to me. It's a behavior that I've adopted or adopted over time because I just choose to power through things instead of getting up and moving around. And it's good to plan for that as well. So I could set a plan of when I feel my watch vibrate to move and I have the urge to just ignore it and move through, I'll take a deep breath and get up anyway. Or if I feel my watch vibrate and I want to ignore it and I'm in a situation where it would not be polite to get up and move, like in a meeting or in a, some sort of professional setting, 
um, I'll at least shift myself in my chair so I'm not in the same position and add a little bit of movement. In terms of external obstacles, so things that are outside of our direct control, I think they are often easy targets for blame as to why we are not moving forward with our goals, why our new beginnings aren't panning out as we would like them to. Um, but I think it's important to just accept the current reality and still try to figure out your next right step ahead of it. So like I said, sometimes I can't get up and walk around because I'm teaching, I'm in a meeting, I'm driving, but I'm not going to let that or I shouldn't let that derail my goal of moving more throughout the day. I just need to plan around it. Other obstacles that are often blamed could be different people that are in your life, other time constraints, financial constraints, uh, the political climate, the economic climate, where you live, resources available to you. And while those are all very real and can be very real challenges, I'm certain that you can find a way to take a step towards those desired feelings that you have for for yourself, for your life, those emotions you identified earlier, and so that you can still make some progress in this new season of your life. So if we go back to the earlier example of envisioning a beach house as part of your living at the beach as part of your dream life, some things you could do right now, even if a beach house is not realistic for you, would be to decorate with the color scheme you might see at the beach if that sort of decor is what's calling for you. It could be to get yourself near some sort of body of water with some frequency or listen to audio of the ocean to get, if that's what's calming for you. It could be getting outside more routinely if that was the feature of your vision for being at the beach, being more intentional about being with your family if that was the feature of it. So I think you may start to see some opportunities of supporting those underlying emotions that you're looking for, even if the dream itself doesn't seem realistic right now. Often in the personal development world, when we are embarking on a new beginning, it is recommended that people do affirmations to help that transformation. So Essentially, an affirmation is a statement in the present tense where you essentially state that what you are desiring is already true. So you could say, I own a beautiful beach house and I am connected to my family. And for some people, these work really well to train your mind to um, become that type of person or the person that's needed to achieve the goals. They don't work so well for me because my internal fact checker comes a little bit too alive and it's, it's a disconnect for me. I end up just arguing my, with myself that I'm not that person. I don't have those things. What I'm saying is not true. I don't feel that way. So a little hack that I learned 
from Tanya Lee is instead of just saying the affirmation as a statement to start it with, I am becoming. So it can be, I am becoming the type of person who is connected to my family. I am becoming the type of person who has vibrant health. I am becoming a woman who lives life with ease. I am becoming fill in the blank for you. And that I can't argue with this much. I can't fact check it. And it helps me to get in the correct headspace to actually come up and carry out the practices that need to be done in order to support these goals in this new season of life. So as we talked about at the beginning, often when we need to make a big transformation for a new season of life, we need to become a new person. And sometimes there is that grief with leaving behind our old self. Creating some language around who you are becoming can help to ease the process along and speed it up a bit. So that is a high-level overview of how to begin a new the framework we use often at the beginning of a coaching engagement of setting your vision, setting goals, and then determining the methods and behaviors that will help you to carry out these goals. There's also a question of when to begin. And there are many opportunities for new beginnings. If you subscribe to my newsletter, you'll see that every month I give you a list of new beginnings for the month. And a lot of this came from a book by Daniel Pink called When, The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. And he provides some research in that book about when people are most likely to carry out a new action plan. So one of those is every Monday, the new work week, essentially, first day of the month. Like I said, this episode is airing on a Monday, the day after the first day of spring. So we are aligned with new beginnings there. But it can also be really when you decide it's time for a new beginning yourself. So we have a lot of control around the timing. But if you can link it to something where there's already the energy of a new beginning, sometimes that gives us a little bit more momentum to carry it out. So I often like to use new seasons, new a new week, a new month. I've been lately connecting with the new moon as well, so the lunar cycle. Using that for my month a little bit more than the calendar month has been helpful. And of course, the new year as well. So there's no shortage of opportunities of when to begin. I think it's important to remind myself and others that it's never too late to start something new. It's never too late to think about what you want for your life, who you want to become in your life, and to set those intentions to decide how you want to feel in your life and to start taking action to support that. Like I said, this is essentially the framework of coaching, of deciding your vision, your goals, and then coming up with what behaviors are needed to support those goals and getting into the day-to-day realities of obstacles that come up 
both within yourself that need to be worked through and external obstacles, which we need to work around. If you would like support in this area, I do have a limited number of coaching slots available each month. And you can learn more at my website, carolinemorris.com. Thank you so much for joining me today for our discussion on new beginnings. And I am so excited to hear what you will be doing new in your life. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not create a provider-patient relationship between us. If you have questions about your health, please speak to a qualified health professional. If you would like to learn more about working with me as your qualified health professional, please visit carolinemorris.com. Did you know that gratitude is good for your health? If you found value in this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a rating or review. To keep the connection going, subscribe to Elder Health Connection on your favorite podcast player to get immediate access to upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening. With love and gratitude, Caroline.